Today's shir begins three lines from the top of Daf Nun. On the side, you'll notice how we've written in, in the margin, under the topic heading, No Say, Rabbi Akiva, Nisuav Lubito Shokalbo Savua, We'll be discussing a lot about Rebbe Akiva, and hence you can see in the Gemara text we have a rare marking around Rebbe Akiva, the firebox marking, which will which demonstrates it will be uh, occupied with a Rebbe Akiva discussion for quite a while. So there's certainly the balance of this Omid of Gemara and going on to Omid Bey's. His marriage to the daughter of one of the great philanthropists of the Jewish people of his time, Kalba Savua. And Oshro, the wealth that Rebbe Akiva amassed. Now the Gemara. Rebbe Akiva is Kachis Lei Barte de Kalba Savua. Rebbe Akiva married the daughter of Kalba Savua. One should understand that at this point in Rebbe Akiva's life, he was what we would call an Amo Oretz. He was not a Torah giant that he eventually became. <clears throat> and he married the daughter of one of the great uh, leaders of the Jewish people of his time. And this, of course, was a source of great disappointment that a man who was, we would maybe we would call him a farmhand, ended up marrying the daughter of this uh, leading individual. Shama Kabo Savwa. Kabo Savwa her got wind of it, he heard about this, and very simply put, Chabba Savua, the father, did not marry off his daughter. She uh, initiated the marriage, uh, Rabbi Akiva, of course, offering her something in exchange for her agreeing to marry him, and she did so. Father hears about it, Adro Hanoamikol Nichsei. He imposed a vow of prohibition on his daughter from benefiting from all of his properties. Azla ve'is nesiva le'besisva. She went and consummated her marriage, entered nisuin, that's the consummation of the marriage, to her bikiva in the winter months. Now, she can't benefit at all from any of her father's properties. He, uh, Abikiva, has no uh, real financial means of support. Havagonu be'tivna. They ended up sleeping in a, in a straw storage facility, simply out of their impoverished state. As far as translating this, you might run into different uh, 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 translations. The Ran says, uh, He was picking uh, straw out of her hair. Uh, the Rashi says, "Tivno min mazia have komankit lei." Tivno min mazia have melaket. Rashi says, "Have melaket hateven misaro." She was picking straw out of his hair. Either way, there was straw being picked out of the hair. Omar Law, uh, Rabbi Kiva says to his wife, "I havoi li if I had the means, Ramino lech Yerushalayim dedava." I would place upon you, in other words, I would buy uh, uh, a, a special uh, ornament that is called the Golden Jerusalem. It's a, uh, it's featured also in Masech Shabbos, it's a type of uh, golden headband that 
uh, had the form of the uh, Jerusalem skyline. A very expensive uh, type of jewelry. And so he says, if I would be able to do so, I would get that for you. Interestingly, we'll see later in the story that Rabbi Kiva, in fact, becomes very wealthy. And uh, the Rashi quotes the Gemara and Shabbos that indicates that, in fact, he did eventually get one of these for her. So they're right now in their impoverished state, sleeping in a, in a, on straw. Oselio, <clears throat> Elio Hanovi, the prophet Elio, Id came, Idmi Lahon, and he uh, appeared in disguise, Ka'an Shah, as a man. Even though <clears throat> at this point in time, Elio would be, would classify him as an angel, but he appears from time to time as in disguise, and here he appears as a man, as a, as a poor man. The Kokori Abova, and he knocks at the door of this uh, straw stable. Omar Lahu and Elio <coughs> says to them, Havu li porta de tivna. Maybe you can give me a little bit of straw. The Aldis Itzi, my wife, gave birth. The Leslie Maidam Laguna. I have nothing for her to sleep on. So maybe you can spare a little straw. Omar Law, Rabbi Akiva Lintase. Rabbi Akiva says to his wife, Chazi Gavra da filu tivna lo yislei. Here, behold, here's a man that doesn't even have what we have. So that relative to him, we're doing quite well. <clears throat> of course, you can see how uh, how Elio had planned to um, to uh, instill upon them a feeling of satisfaction by coming and appearing this way. Omra lay. So Rabbi Kiva's wife says to him, "Zil Havi Be Rav." I would wa- I want you to go to a yeshiva to study Torah. Ozal he went habitarti sorry shonin kami to Yeshua. He spent twelve years, and all, again we emphasize this is with his wife's uh, not only approval but it seems with his, upon his wife's insistence. He spent twelve years <coughs> learning at the feet of the great Tanoyim Rebbe Lezer Rebbe Yeshua, Lemishlam Tarti Sorishonin, at the end of 12 years, Ka'osu Lebesei, he was en route home. Shoma Min Achore Besei, he heard from behind his house, the Ka'omar Lo Had Roshalit Besu, there was a wicked man that was speaking to Rebbe Kiva's wife, and Rebbe Kiva overheard the conversation. Shapir Ovid Lechavuch, the wicked man says to Rebbe Kiva's wife, you know, your father in... Uh, vowing that you shall not benefit from his properties made a good move. Chado de lo domile. First of all, you married a guy that's not similar to you. He's not at your standing. He's uh, of, uh, of a lowly standing relative to your family. Vi'oid, shafkoch, and furthermore, he abandoned you. Armelus chius kulin shonin. And, and look how he's abandoned you as a, as, as if you were a widow. We call this a, a living widow for all these years. Omra lay. So the wife of Rabbi Kiva says to this wicked neighbor, E soyis ledili, if he would listen to me, referring to Rabbi Kiva, levi tarti sorishonin let he should be another 12 years away in yeshiva. And this is all uh, something that Rabbi Kiva overheard. 
without actually coming into the house. <clears throat> Omar, Rabbi Kiva said, obviously Since she is granting me permission, I'm going back. Hodar Ozal, he went back. He spent another 12 years. Also, and at the end of that additional 12 years, he comes back. Now, he's been 24 years away. He comes back to his home with 24,000. The girsa here in our Gemara says, Zugi means pairs of Tamidim in, uh, in Maseches Ksubis. And uh, likewise in Maseches Yivomis, it appears that the 24,000 figure is, is simply 24,000 students, not a, not 24,000 pairs. If you want to talk about pairs, you can go about 12,000 pairs, uh, which would be a total of 24,000 students. And as he approaches the town, Nofukuli Amalape, the entire community came out to greet him. And she too, the wife, got up to greet him. Omar Law, Ahu Rashia. That wicked man speaks up again, says to her, Where are you going? You don't have any clothing that are fit to greet him. You, you're living in, 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 in dire poverty. And all you have are rags. Omra lay, so she says, Yodea Tzadik Nefesh Behemto. Rashi, uh, a little less than halfway down the narrow column, Yodea Tzadik Nefesh Behemto, Isdamri Dihi Havis Yado Drabikiva Haver. Some say that she knew this was her husband. The Omra lay, and she said to the neighbor, Dolo Mizganyo Bi'ene, she is not going to be uh, uh, uncomely in his eyes. Don't worry. Uh, others say that she didn't know that this was her husband. All she said is that a righteous man wouldn't uh, denigrate uh, anybody. So even if I appear in rags, there's no problem. The uh, Ran says, uh, that I will appear in rags is not going to be, a, it's not a source of any concern to me because I know that he knows how much I, uh, I extended myself, I, I suffered for his benefit, for his growth. The Gemara continues, <clears throat> she came to uh, appear in front of him. So you have to simply imagine the scene of this uh, this great luminary with thousands of students accompanying him, and a woman in rags appears in his immediate vicinity. lo rabbonon. The the rabbis that were surrounding uh, Rabbi Kiva were, were, were uh, tried to push her away. Omar Lahon, Rabbi Kiva, recognizing her, he says to them, Hanihu law, leave her be. Sheli v'shelochem. That which I've achieved, and through me, that which you've achieved, Shelahu, belongs to her. It's all in her merit. Rashi, the Ran says, Sheli v'shalachem Shelahu, Torosi v'terasem b'shvilohi she'nostali eitzah l'mezah l'beirav. She gave me the counsel to go to Yeshiva. And I think that it's it's necessary to add, not only did she give me the counsel, but she encouraged and uh, and willingly put up with a, a situation that, that otherwise would be 
unacceptable that a husband should be <clears throat> absent from his wife after they're already a married couple. But she insisted on it. And as a result, everything that we've achieved is due to her. Shoma Kalba Savoy. Kalba Savoy heard that a great man had come to town and he knew that his uh, daughter was, was suffering, was in dire straits. And uh, he came also, the Itchil Al Nidre. He came to have his, the, the vow that uh, was responsible in, in effect for, for his daughter's uh, poverty. He came to have that, uh, that vow uh, rescinded. The uh, Gomorrah continues. The Ishtari, the the vow was uh, was voided. The uh, the we say min nichsei. So with this, the vow was annulled, and permission to benefit from the property was received. Min shismili aser Rabbi Akiva from six uh, things, Rabbi Akiva became a rich man. The structural note that you see on the side features a triangle and we've written Shishudvaram Shemehem His Asher Rabbi Akiva. The Gemara will enumerate them. Number one, Min Kalba Savua from his father-in-law. We should point out that the story that we see here in uh, here in our Masech, the Masech Storm, is complemented by parallel stories in uh, Masechus Ksubis and Masechus Yevomis. And uh, we, sh- we can point out that in the other Gemoras, you will, uh, when, when Kabbalah approached Rabbi Kiva, he in fact didn't even realize that this was his son-in-law. And he thought simply that it's a great man and in the discussion that ensued between them, uh, it, it turned out that Rabbi Kiva said, uh, said to him, do you, you, do you realize that the, uh, the son-in-law that you had um, been so upset with is really me? So here you see that eventually Rabbi Kiva uh, became wealthy from the properties of Kabbalah who, as we said in our introductory remarks, was a very wealthy man. Umin Elo Desvinta. The Ran Elo Desvinta on the upper part of the Ran commentary. Elo Desvinta Bechol Svina Hayosindmus Ayel May Eights Le Nachesh Ulesimin. On the boats of their time, they made a, a a carving, an image of a ram. It was for good luck purposes. Shetea Sfina Kala Balichosa Ka'ayol. Actually, we translate it as a ram, but it's uh, the, the word ayol is a, a, a creature that's rather swift-footed, might be in the deer family. Vahoyu Memalin Oisoy Dinrezov. And this uh, carving was hollow, and they would fill it with gold uh, coins. And the, the Gomorrah continues, the Chosfinta Avdinle Min Eina, every uh, boat they would make this type of uh, image. 
Zimna Chada and Shiwa Al Kefiyama. One day, this uh, Isle de Svinta was left on the shores. There was a boat that had this Isle de Svinta containing a lot of gold coins, and they, they forgot it on the shore. That's Al Kefiyama. Also, who, Ashkechei Rabbi Kiva, was walking by, and he found it. And uh, as far as uh, laws of returning lost objects, there are situations where there are no identifying remark, uh, uh, marks, and it's left in a, in a public area, hence he was entitled to keep it. So that, as you can guess, was a source of great wealth. Number three, Umin Gavza. Gavza is a box, like, like a treasure chest. What's the box referred to? The Zimnochada Yahiv Arboozuzi the Sapunoi. The crown shape that you have here is here to highlight, as we see on the side of the Marshne Maisim, there are two stories where you see a common theme, Yohiv Arbazuzi the Sapunoi, where four Zuz were paid to seafarers, sea merchants. And in this case, Rabbi Kiva gives four zoos, not a large amount of money, to some seafarers. Omarlu, and he told the seafarers, I see Lee Maidam. Take the four zoos and buy some, bring to me something. All they found for the was a was a box on a on the shore. Asuale, they brought him this box. Omrule. They set him Yavid Marno Ole, which means wait for us until we bring you something more than this. So in the meantime, Rabbi Kiva has a box. It doesn't even from the story. It doesn't look like they used his money to to buy the box. As it was a found box, and they told him, "Listen, you you know we you know we know you gave us some money. Uh, so wait till we bring you something for it." In the meantime, he has the box. He discovered that the box was filled with coins. On one occasion, a boat had sunk that was sailing from a place called Asrukisa. And all of the money that they had made from their commercial uh, affairs was placed in this box. Vishtakach Bahu Zimna. And on, it was on this occasion that that, that, that uh, treasure, with, treasure chest filled with all of the, the, the money that they had uh, amassed in their, in their trade, in their commercial dealings, was uh, washed ashore and he found it. Rabbi Akiva. Number four, Umin Matronisa. There's a a uh, Rashi that uh, reveals the story. The Gemara itself doesn't say much, doesn't say anything, in fact. The Rashi and the Ran also um, expound on this. So if we look in the Rashi, Umin Matrunisa, Matrunisa, a matron woman, an important uh, woman, Shepamachas, the Rashi says, mamon ha-medrish. And, oh, There was an occasion that the Chachomim, that the rabbis needed a lot of money for their uh, yeshiva, for their Torah study center. The Shigru es Rabbi Akiva Matrunisa Achas, and they sent Rabbi Akiva on a mission to a very uh, prominent uh, 
very likely very wealthy woman, the lover mimeno momon godol, and he borrowed from her a lot of money. Ukshanosna lo, and when she gave him the money, omro lo mia li orev shetifra li lizman kavua, and she asked Rabbi Kiva, who will be the guarantor for this loan that will pay me back at a fixed time, at an established time. In other words, if you don't pay me back by this time, I'll have someone uh, to uh, to who, uh, who will uh, cover the loan for uh, cover the loan, pay me back. Omar law mishetirtsa. You want someone to guarantee the loan, so whoever you want. Omro lo hakodesh v'hayam. So she says, I want God and the sea to guarantee this loan. Shohaya beso asvas hayam. Her house was. Was on was uh, on the shore. Omar, Lord Bikiva, Kenya. Bikiva says, "So it shall be." Shidiyazman cholor Bikiva, and when the due date to pay back the loan arrived, Bikiva took ill. and he was unable to bring her the money. The woman who had loaned the money went to the shore, and she said, I put my trust into you and uh, into the sea uh, for recovery of my money. At that time, at that moment, the uh, Almighty uh, caused the daughter of the Caesar to go mad. And the Caesar's daughter went went into the king's uh, went into the Caesar's treasuries. And she took a uh, a box full of money, threw it into the sea. And that chest of money washed up on the shore right by that matron, by the woman of wealth. She took the money, she took the, the box, and after a while, Rabbi Kiva, when he got better, he brought her the payback for the loan. Omar, the Omar law, and he pleaded with her, saying, Don't be angry with me that I, bring, that I did not bring the money on time. I had taken ill. Omrolo, so the matron, the, the matronisa says to Rabbi Akiva, all the money that you brought, keep it. The money that was owed to me came on time. She told him the whole story. And she gave him a lot of gifts and sent him off in peace. So that's a fourth source of wealth. We continue at the top of Omid Beis, Umin Ishtoi Sheltunus Rupus, and Umin Ketio Bar Sholom. As far as the uh, story concerning the wife of Tunus Rupus, uh, you see that uh, you have both the Ran and Rashi uh, elaborate on that. As far as the story involving Ketio Bar Sholom, that's a story that's featured in Maseches Avodah and here we aren't going to elaborate on it, other than saying that you can look up the story involving Ketiyah Bar Shalom in Maseches Avodah Zorah, Daf Yudamit Beis. As far as Ishto Sheltunus Rupus, we look at the Rashi on the top, Umin Ishto Sheltunus Rupus, Aldo Nechot Shishmo Rufus. There was a 
uh, a powerful man whose name was Rufus. Rubikiva. He used to challenge Rubikiva um, in a uh, in a scornful way over Torah, over words of Torah. And Rubikiva would defeat him in their debates every time. And this guy Rufus uh, used to be embarrassed. And uh, he told his wife about his. Um, negative experiences with Rabbi Kiva. Amrlo, so uh, the wife of Rufus told her husband, Ani Afateu, Vachileu, leave it to me. I will seduce him and cause him to yield to my seduction and cause him thereby to stumble and, well, say, be exposed for his immorality. She was an uh, extremely attractive woman. She came to Rabbi Akiva and she revealed uh, her leg. Um, and uh, of course, that would be something very uh, seductive. And you know what? At that moment, Rabbi Akiva spit, laughed, and cried. So she asked, why are you reacting this way? For two of my actions, my behavior, two, uh, I will explain to you. Number one, Rabbi Kiva was so, uh, had so much inner strength that he, though uh, she acted in a very... Um, in, uh, alluring fashion, he recognized that she, like every human being, comes from a droplet of of uh, what's called tipa srucha, a, um, a a disgusting or a a, a um, foul-smelling drop. A reference to uh, the uh, the seed through which uh, man is born, and. Ubochisi, and I also cried, Yes, you're, in a, you're an extremely uh, attractive woman, but as all people, when they die, they decompose and uh, become the uh, dust of the earth. But as far as his laughter, uh, he didn't want to tell her. Nevertheless, she, she uh, insisted. Until he, Rabbi Kiva, revealed to her, You know, you are going to convert to Judaism and you're going to end up marrying me. Uh, she says to him, Is there any repentance possible? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. She converted after her husband died, Venise slow, and married Rebbe Akiva, Veviyaloi Momon Godol, and brought to him a lot of money. So it is with regard to Rebbe Akiva's amassing of wealth. Uh, Rebbe Akiva, a truly amazing figure. Uh, if one just thinks about everything that he went through. Uh, and let, lest us not forget uh, his eventual end, uh, his very tragic end, 
but at the same time very dramatic end. The Gemara continues, Rav Gamda Yohiv Abazuzi Midam. Again, as we saw on Omer Aleph, a, another, here we have another story of four zoos being paid to the Sapunoi, to the seafarers, in, in um, expectation of them bringing him something. Lo Ashkechu, they didn't find anything. So all they brought back to uh, Rav Gamda was a monkey. Ishtamit, and the monkey escaped. Old Chorsa, and the monkey ran into a hole. Chofru Basre, they dug into the hole in, uh, after the monkey. Ashkechua, the Revia al Magalaisa, and they found the monkey lying on a Margalaisa. Margalaisa is some type of very precious entity, whether it's a precious pearl or a precious gem. Aisinun le kulhon. The, uh, the, uh, Actually, the Margalisa uh, should be, we should have explained it in the plural, that the monkey was lying on a lot of these uh, pearls. And they brought all of them to Rab Gamda. The Ran mentions Ol Lecharsa, Nichnas Hakoif Bechor Echod Bekarka. The monkey ran into a hole that was in the ground. The, uh, that's, I, I should uh, mention that was uh, what Rashi points out. And the, uh, the Ran, in the lower half of the page, the Ran says, I sinun le kulhan, the seafarers uh, that had originally uh, bought the monkey for Rav Gamda, but it ran away and they dug after it, finding the monkey lying on the pearls. Mimidas chasidus. They didn't have to bring Rav Gamda all of the pearls. What they did here was was an act of kindness, but not something that was uh, necessary by letter of the law. We go back to the Gomorrah text where we encounter a diamond marking. You'll notice that we have two long markings, two mice and two incidents. And on the side of the Gomorrah, under the Nosei Mivneh heading, we have a diamond, and we indicate Shnei Meisim, there are two stories. Number one, Torah Mephora Bekli Mechor. The uh, title of the story can be uh, the glorious Torah contained in an ugly vessel. Meisim Yishu Ben Chanan Kesar. A story here, and this sta- the same, a parallel story appears in Maseches Tainis, involving the Tana Rabbi Shuban Chalanya and the daughter of the Caesar. Uh, number two, story involving a woman coming for judgment in front of Rabbi Yehuda from Naharda. The uh, diamond that you see on the side with a well, shaded in tip, that is Hadgoshas Milos Kesher. We're going to be highlighting we'll say, points that enable us to connect the two stories. The daughter of the Caesar said to Rabbi Yishuv ben Chanan, who was a noted uh, luminary of his time, she says, The glorious Torah, even the, the Gentiles recognize the, the greatness of the Torah, and uh, she, she commented, how, how is it that the Torah, which is so glorious, is contained within you, um, a person who is very uncomely? 
the rush on the first line under the under the uh, of the wide lines underneath the Gemara, you can see the rush says Bekli Shahar. That he was of um, a very um, let's say strange complexion, indicating maybe extreme poverty. He was called. He was a, considered a klimchur, an ugly vessel. So that's her reaction, and he says, "Omar, law." He said back to her, "Limdi If you're asking about how can it be that the glorious Torah is contained in such a, uh, an ugly vessel like myself, well, why don't you uh, draw a lesson from your own father's practice? In what do they store wine? Wine is a very um, let's say desirable and at times a very expensive beverage. What are they stored in? Amrullah, the money, the So she says they stored in in clay vessels. Omar law. So Rabbi Yeshua says kule alma bepachra. I understand that everyone else stores it in in clay vessels. But you too, the Caesar's house keeps it in in cheap clay vessels. Atun achisun bemoni dekasba vedava. You should store wine in vessels of silver and gold. Oslos veromas chamra bemoni dekasba vedava. She went and then transferred their wine supply to vessels of silver and gold. Vesori, and it went sour. Notice the word sorry and sour, very similar words. The, the, the wine went bad. Of course, as anyone who has any uh, familiarity with wine, wine is not to be kept in silver and gold vessels. Omar law, af o just like the wine, so too is the Torah, that it's, it's kept best in cheap or undesirable or ugly vessels. Omra lay. So she asks, Voiko Shapirin Ugamirin, aren't there uh, people, Torah scholars that are attractive, that are good looking and also knowledgeable? Omar law. So Rabbi Yeshua ben Chana says, Ihavu Sonu Havu Gemirin Tfei. And this line uh, requires uh, further analysis beyond the translation. On the very simple level, is that if they were sonu, sonu means, uh, ordinarily means we're, we're, we're hated, but it means in this case, if they were ugly, they would, have, they would be even more learned. There is more to look into as far as this is concerned. Uh, we recommend looking at the Tosis in Masechus Tainus Daf Zion. There's a comment that you can see here in the, in the Tosis commentary. Uh, which is on the lower part of the Torah's commentary, if they, those Torah scholars that you claim are ugly, if they, if that you came, claim are good-looking, if they were ugly, they would be even more learned. But as we said, beyond that, you have an explanation that says, if it's true there, they may be good-looking, but if they would have the, the attitude that good looks aren't something to pursue... Uh, you would find then that they would direct more efforts to their Torah learning than they are even now. We turn back to the Gemara text. There was a woman that came to Rav Yehuda from Naharda for a legal case. And she was found to be Guilty. Omra lay. 
Uh, so the woman says to Rabbi Huda, Shmuel Raboch, Hachintanon, Shmuel, your teacher, your instructor, would he have judged thusly? Omar law. So Rabbi Huda says to the woman, Yadisleo, you know him? Omro Leyen, yeah, I know Shmuel, Gutsa, the Rabo Krese. He's short and he is obese. Ucham, He's dark and he has big teeth. Omar law lives causes. So Ravuda says to the lady, if you come to disparage him, Teve hahi itza b'shamta. And Rabbi Yehuda declares that that you, this woman, should be excommunicated. Poka omeso. She split and died. Uh, the reason that we've used the diamond marking, as you can see, is in the story involving the uh, Rabbi Shuvan Chananya. We highlighted word mechor. Here we highlighted the uh, the first of the words um, describing Shmuel as being uncomely. Hence, you can see the connection between these two incidents. The Mishnah Daf Mem Tesom and Aleph had said, "Be'umuter be'beitza turmita." With reference to someone that had vowed tavshil shani toyim, vowing not to uh, eat eat or partake of a tavshil, the Mishnah says such a person though is allowed to partake of beitza tormita. The Gemara asks, "My beitza tormita, what is that?" The Gemara responds, and we used a long marking, a long point marking, and the topic that accompanies this, the topic heading is Hezber Lamao Beitzer Tomita Muskamisha, what in fact is that? What is a Beitzer Tomita? So the Gemara continues on Marshmuel Avdidovid Law Shavi Alpha Dinri. Any servant who can make such a thing is worth a thousand dinar. The uh, marking that we have here, the Bowtie shape is used to create a sense of connection between this Gemara and th- that which follows later when the next bowtie appears. So Shmuel says, if you want to know about a Beitzer Tumita, one thing I'll tell you straight off is that anyone who can prepare it, a servant, a slave who could prepare it, he's worth a thousand dinar. Demayo law alpha zimni bemayo chamimi va alpha zimni bemayo kriri. The egg is put a thousand times. Uh, my uh, my guess is in an, in, a, in an alternating fashion, uh, a thousand times into hot water and into cold water. Ad demitzutra uh, until it shrinks, until it uh, is in Hebrew we say mitztamek until it shrivels and shrinks to become very small. Kihechi debal isa with its extremely reduced size, a person would be able to swallow it without chewing. Vim is bay kiva, if a person is suffering from a some type of a digestive uh, problem, the Rashi says, Vis bay kiva b'meov, if he has a kiva in his stomach, maybe something like uh, an ulcer or some type of um, infection uh, inside Sorich Allah it will cling uh, unto this 
Fikad Nafko for Asya, and when this comes out, uh, the uh, this uh, con- this con- uh, shrunken or contracted egg is such that it will prob- it will emerge from a person after he relieves himself with this kiva uh, infection that was in him sticking to it, cleaving unto this uh, shrunken egg. The 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 end. Yeda asya my samo my mitzi. Here's something fantastic. The a doctor then will analyze this uh, egg, which has emerged with the kiva, the infection or the pus or whatever the mucus clinging to it, and through analyzing it, the doctor will know what type of potion or medicine is to be prepared and can, how, how a person can recuperate from this digestive ailment. Shmuel, who happened to be a doctor, there are different explanations as to what kulcha is. The Rosh has, this, has a simple explanation. Kulcha is the Beitza, Beitza's that we just mentioned. There's a, another explanation that it's called, it's a, it's a kelach, kelach um, shokruv, which means the, the inner stalk of a kruv plant. It, it, when, when looking at this, it reminds me of people who were capable of swallowing swords, a certain trick or a technique, not, it's not a trick, but a technique that uh, people have, uh, have mastered. So Shmuel would, um, if he was suffering from this, uh, digestive disorder, he would subject himself. He would check himself out, uh, as we just described, uh, in, a, in an attempt to have the the kiva, whatever we, whatever it is, if it's uh, pus or mucus, cling unto this kulcha. And while he was doing it, it affected Shmuel to the point that he appeared to be passing out, and. That caused great, uh, say, concern and worry on the part of members of his household, including his wife. Ad demasterin in shibese olein sarehon. Literally, they were until they they were so upset and worried that they they were pulling hairs out of their head, out of their great worry. And as we said, that while Shmuel was subjecting himself to this uh, to this uh, check, it, it 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 made him uh, quite um, we'll say uh, uh, say quite uh, let's say dangerous uh, dangerously uh, uh, and and worrisome in the eyes of the family, as we said. He was uh, appeared to be passing out, and they thought that he might die, and hence the great worry on their part. Tanan Hossam. We have a Tanaic source, and just a word of background. This is a reference to a worker who works in a field, who is uh, by Torah law allowed to uh, eat from the items that he is working on. So if he's picking apples. At harvest time, he's allowed to eat from apples as he is working. So the source says, Hoya Oisa Beklufsin. Klufsin is a type of fig. A worker who is 
uh, say harvesting these klufsin. He's not entitled to eat from another type of fig called Benoist Sheva. Even though they're both in the fig family, you are entitled to work only on that. You're entitled to eat only from that you are actually working with. And Benoist Sheva, if he's working with, if he's harvesting Benoist Sheva type figs, Lo Yochal Beklufsin. My Klufsin. What is klufsin? Mino de te'eni de avdin minhon lifti. It's a type of fig that's used in cooking, in making different dishes. Hahu gavra de yaiv avdo lechavrei lagmure alfa mine lifta. There was a man that uh, gave his servant to a friend uh, in order to to learn um, a thousand different dishes, a thousand different recipes. Agmire Tamni Mea. He, the uh, servant taught him 800. Uh, uh, the Gemara um, doesn't spell out, but let's assume that the uh, friend gave over his servant in exchange for pay. There was a type of uh, deal worked out that I'll give you my servant in exchange for something. The deal was that this servant would teach him a thousand dishes. He ended up teaching him a mere 800. And the the customer, the one who hired this slave, Asmene Ladino Lekame the Rebbe, he summoned the owner of the slave uh, to appear uh, in a uh, in a court case uh, to be judged by Rebbe. Uh, look, I hired him to teach a thousand, and he only taught eight hundred. There's two hundred that are missing that he didn't uh, teach me. Omar Rebbe. Uh, the, by the way, this uh, house marking that we've used, we indicated before in our Mivne heading, uh, are, is a marking to connect two incidents. So the case comes to Rebbe. And Omar Rebbe, Rebbe reacts, Avuseinu Omru Noshinu Tova. Our forefathers said, We have forgotten many things. Onu Afilu Be'einenu Loroinu. We never even saw these things. What uh, Rebbe was, was saying in so many words is, what you expected to learn a thousand dishes? Aren't you, aren't you satisfied with eight hundred? Whoever heard of a thousand dishes, a, a thousand different recipes? The Meforshim um, on this you can see together in the the Ron's commentary toward the very end of the page. I will say nu omru noshinu tova kirechtiv noshisi tova. Toma, that's Rebbe was amazed. Al shehu kolkach b'mine tanug, how how immersed this person was in um, in pursuing pleasures, as if to say, uh, aren't you satisfied with eight hundred different recipes? Let's turn back to the Gemara, and on the side we have a no say a topic heading, uh, and it reads Nisya Nisov. Shobar Kapora, these are attempts on the part of Bar Kapora, who was a contemporary of Rebbe, Lahavi Rebbe Lidei Schok, to bring Rebbe 
to a point of laughter. The impression you get is that Rebbe was an individual who never laughed, never, let's say, openly expressed uh, uh, joy or lightheadedness. We'll see a little more about that as we go into the Gemara. But do take note that we have a long marking that we call Rebbe Ubar Kapora. This is a, a very long marking. As you can see, it goes down more than halfway down Nun Aleph Omen Aleph. Rebbe Ovad Lei Hilulo Rebbe Shimon Rebbe. And again, you see the house marking, and, and you, you can see why, how this connects us to the previous incident. The double underline is explained on the side under the Mivneh heading, Hilulo Rebbe Shimon Rebbe. This double underline is used as well to connect with the Gemara on Omid Beis. So we see that Rebbe, who is preparing a wedding for his son, Kosav al Beis Ginona, he wrote uh, concerning this wedding, Esrin Varbo Alfin Riboyen Dinrin. Nafku al base Ginono Dane. Twenty four thousand, that's Esrin Arba Alfin, Riboyin. Now, Riboyin is a number ten thousand. So, uh, at face value, it would appear that you would have to multiply twenty four thousand by ten thousand Dinrim coins. Uh, were spent on this wedding. Velo Asmene Labar Kapora. And Rebbe did not invite Bar Kapora. On the Rashi says, Lo Asmene Labar Kapora, Lefishoya Ish Badhon. He was a man of humor. Umisyore Shemiase Shum Dover Shishokin. Rebbe was worried that. Markapur might humor him, Rebbe, to the point that Rebbe would laugh. Um, you, you might ask, uh, what's so bad about a, a little laughter? Let's just wait a few more lines in the Gemara to see uh, what the point is behind Rebbe's uh, efforts in trying to avoid laughter. In the meantime, Markapur was not invited, and uh, Markapur felt We'll say slighted by the fact that he wasn't invited, and it's not as if there wasn't uh, an available portion for him, as you can see how much money was spent in preparing this wedding. Omar Lay so Bar Kapora says, "Imli kach," and here he's he's uh, deprecating Rebbe by referring to him as a sinner. If sinners um, merit so this meaning so much wealth uh, you can only imagine how much more so will those that do the will of Hashem will receive and uh, as Rashi says he, he was insulting Rebbe referring to him as an as a, as a result of his not being of Barakabah's not being invited well, Rebbe reacted, Asmane, and he invited him. 
now he's invited. So what's Bar Kapora going to say now? So Omar Bar Kapora says, Look at those that fulfill the will of Hashem, how much they merit in this world. You can only imagine how much those that do Hashem's will will receive in the world to come. So here he's praising Rebbe as an Oysa Ritzonai of Hashem. And now the Gemara reveals what was behind Rebbe's uh, we'll say demeanor, his behavior. Yuma de Mochich Bey Rebbe, the day that Rebbe would laugh, that the, the day that Rebbe would, let's say, experience uh, enjoyment or pleasure in this world, Asya Puranusa Li Alma. Punishment, um, evil, will befall this world. Uh, we should point out that uh, Rebbe, and you can see more about this in the seventh parak of Bova Mitzia, Rebbe, uh, and also uh, also Maseches Ksubis, uh, that Rebbe was a person who, though was fantastically wealthy, uh, the Gemara says on Daf Kuf Gimel approximately in Maseches Ksubis that upon his death, Rebbe raised his ten fingers and says, "Let it be known that I enjoyed nothing." of this world uh, in any of my ten fingers, so to speak. So that as a result of Rebbe's forbearance from pleasure, that served to uh, uh, spare the world from, um, from any uh, suffering. So there were, those were very good years for the world while Rebbe was alive. And uh, as, as we said, not himself uh, enjoying any aspects of what this world has to offer by way of ta'anugim, by way of pleasures. So, in with all of that in mind, you can understand how Rebbe uh, did his utmost to uh, avoid uh, laughter, which would be a sign of his um, yielding to uh, the earthly pleasures. Uh, in fact, um, I believe the Gemara says that all the years of uh, Rebbe, the world did not need any rain. The uh, Gemara continues, Omar um, lay Labar Kapora. So Rebbe says to Bar Kapora, Lo Tavdichon, don't cause me to laugh. And I will, in exchange for that, give you 40. Grievy is a measure, let's say 40 saw of wheat. Now, Barkapora apparently comes from a, we'll say, a different philosophy. And as we hinted to before, he was a humorist. And his approach was not like that of Rebbe's. So, Barkapora says, Lechsi Mor, you will behold. The whole, we're at the top of Nun Aleph, Amad Aleph, the whole Griva de Boino Shakilna. That whatever amount uh, of uh, wheat that I want, I will get. Shokal di Kula Rabba, so Barkapur took a large basket, Hafya Kufra, he smeared it with uh, pitch, it's a, a lining material so that there'd be no holes left in the basket and through which uh, wheat kernels would otherwise fall out of. 
and he put it on his head, the Ozal. So you have Bar Kapora, who, by the way, was a very, uh, was a major Torah scholar, uh, a contemporary of Rebbe, as we see in the story, uh, from the, say, the end of the Tanaic period. And he comes with a, with a basket, a large basket on his head, the Ozal, the Omar Lay, and he says to Rebbe, Lichil, Lichil means measure out. Lichili mor, arboyin grivichiti, the rashino boch. I want you to measure out the 40 grivi, 40 measures of wheat that you owe me. Now, uh, this caused Rebbe to laugh. Achuch Rebbe. Rebbe laughed. Omarlei. And Rebbe says, Lav azartoch delo tavdechon. Did I not warn you? Not to cause me to laugh. Omale chiti de rashino ko nasivna. What do you want from me? All I'm coming for is to I'm demanding the the wheat that you owe me. As you can see, the uh, the Gemara continues with uh, more uh, regarding the uh, bar kapora Rebbe meeting. Omale bar kapora barte de Rebbe. Bar kapora says to the daughter of Rebbe lemochor. Tamoro shasino chamro berikuda de avuch ubekirkani de imoch. You'll see me uh, drinking wine while your father, Rebbe, dances, and your mother is involved with kirkini. Now there are different mafurshim on what kirkini means. Rashi says while your mother is filling me a cup of uh, filling up my cup. And uh, the Ran says, while your mother is singing. Interesting. They, the the Ran's suggestion that uh, that Bar Kapora will be drinking wine uh, while uh, while Rebbe is dancing and uh, and Rebbe's wife and Rebbe's wife is singing. Ben Elosha Chasne de Rebbe Havi. Rebbe had a son-in-law. We're getting. Uh, acquainted a little bit here with Rebbe's family. We made mention to of uh, Rebbe's daughter, and now Rebbe's son-in-law. His name was Ben Elosha, and the Gemara describes Ben Elosha as the son-in-law of Rebbe, the Osher Golohavi. He was also a very wealthy man. Uh, you see the double underlining here is connected with what we saw on Amad Aleph, and on Amaral, if we saw the wedding of Reb Shimon Rebbe was a wedding that Rebbe uh, expended a great amount of money for. So, uh, in, in, in making this wedding, he had invited his son-in-law as well. Omarle Bar Kapora the Rebbe. The presence of Ben Elosha will figure later in the Gemaras. That's why it's mentioned here. As we say, the anticipation of something later. Bar Kapora says to Rebbe, "My toyeva." This is a word that appears in the Torah in the context of of the forbidden homosexual relations. The more uses the word toyeva. Um, we often translate toyeva as something that is uh, disgusting, something that's uh, reprehensible, but Bar Kapora was an expert in uh, etymology or word analysis, and he asked Rebbe, what is the meaning of that? Whatever Rebbe suggested was the meaning of Toeva, Bar Kapora refuted it. 
Omar lay. So Rebbe says, Parshayat. So you explain it. Omar lay. Bar says, Tasi devishi tirmi li natla. I want your wife to come and fill up a cup of wine for me. Osos Ramule. This, uh, by the way, uh, could be a uh, support for the Rashi commentary uh, that Imoch that we referred to before was uh, uh, Reb, the, the mother of, uh, of Rebbe's daughter coming and filling up cups of wine. So Bar says, you want to know what Toevo means? I want, your, I want your wife, Rebbe's wife, to come and fill up a cup for me. Osos Ramule, she came and filled up his cup. Omarlei Larebi, Kumrakod. Now I want you to get up and start dancing. Kumrakod li the Amarloch. I want you to start dancing for me in order for me to say what it is. Um, what uh, you see parenthetically is to what extent Rebbe was interested in knowing a, the meaning of a Torah word. Let's let us not forget that Rebbe was the Nosi Hador. He was the leader of the generation. He was he would he almost had was almost kingly status. But when it comes to understanding Torah, even one word in the Torah, all of that can be compromised for the sake of knowing Torah. And that's what you see here. So Rebbe was uh, was given, we'll say, a type of ultimatum. If you want to know what it is, then I want you to start dancing. And he does. Hachi Omar Rachmona Toyeva Toye Ata Ba. The Torah is saying, when uh, two men try to cohabit, you are making a mistake. And as the as uh, the Ran says, Shemeniach Mishkeve Isha, the normal way of mankind is for a male to cohabit with a female. And you, the homosexual, is abandoning Mishkeveisha, the cohabitation with a woman, and going to a man. So you are making a mistake. That's what the Torah is saying to the, uh, to the individual who wants to violate Mishkev Zohar. The Kosachrina, Omarle, my Tevel. Now it's we're up to a, another cup, and uh, Bar Kapara poses a question to Rebbe: What is tevel? The word tevel is a word that appears in the context of a woman cohabiting with an animal, bestiality. Omaleki inyona kadmo. The same thing as we saw in the story before. He says now, Omarle evidly the Omarloch. So, uh, what, and what, what we saw in the story before was that Rebbe was suggesting uh, explanations of what the word Tevel means, and uh, Barakabor was refuting it, and at this point, he says, Barakabor says, Evidli Domerloch, I want you to do for me something in order for me to tell you. Ovad, and he did. And as, as we, we suggested, it's simply a repeat of what we saw before, uh, Barkapora insists on uh, Rebbe's wife uh, filling up cups, uh, a cup of wine, and Rebbe should start dancing. So Omarle, Tevel Hu, the expression of the Torah when it says Tevel Hu, Tavlin Yesh Bo, Mishanya Hodabia Min Kulun Biois, 
we take a look at the Rashi. The word Tavlin has to do with a spice. So the um, the uh, Rashi says, Tavlin is there some kind of special, let's say, pleasure in the cohabitation with an animal that motivates the woman to, uh, to um, abandon her husband and yield to an animal? All of that, of course, in a tone of wonderment. Um, one might suggest, uh, as by way of uh, the juxtaposition uh, of this Gemara, that once the... Uh, Say basic standard of morality is compromised, uh, as you um, as you probably guessed from man cohabiting with woman and then going to man two males cohabiting with one another. It's a hop, skip, and jump until people, mankind, then cohabits with animals. Basically, it's all in the same boat. And you can see that from the way the Torah deals with them, uh, contrary to, uh, as this recording is being made, contrary to certain, uh, we'll say, unfortunate popular perceptions that, uh, that, that find such a comparison unacceptable when it comes to uh, looking at the Torah and the psukim and the oinshim and the punishments that, are, that the Torah refers to, you're dealing with all of these aberrations are in the same boat. And you could see the possible explanation as we're suggesting, the, the uh, juxtaposition of these two uh, points of analysis. And even more so, the Gemara goes on and you'll see what all this leads to. Omar Lay, so Rebbe asks Umay Zima, what does that word mean? And here, um, there's a even though there's a note on this of uh, the Torah or that we're tar- talking about a posuk in Vayikra, uh, the Rashi um, in Dibor Hamasfil uh, Zumahi makes reference to a uh, to another posuk which says Umola Haaretz Zima, the world. Uh, becomes filled with Zima. Now Zima, as you can see from the reference to Vayikra, is a word that it appears in the context of immorality. So here we want to know what's behind that word. Omar Lay, so Bar Kapora says, David Kinyona Kadmo. I want you to do like we did before. Ovad, and it all repeated. The Omale and Bakapora reveals, you know what Zima means? Zu Mahi. And here we really have to look at Rashi for a fuller explanation. Zu Mahi, Umaforshbiovomus in Masechas Yvomus, this is explained in the following context. A man who has uh, intimacy with many different women. And, uh, and a woman that yields to many different men. And she doesn't know who fathered the child. I'm sure, uh, uh, I'm sure uh, some of you probably uh, forgot for a moment that we're reading a text that dates back, uh, if, if you look at Rashi, you're talking about a thousand years, and if you're looking at the Gemara, you're talking about two thousand years, and you probably think that you're reading something from uh, written in today's newspaper.
Some things just never change. So a situation like that, where there's total promiscuity, total uh, looseness in, in these areas of, um, of uh, morality, the result is, Nimsa'av noiseyaz bito, v'ach noiseyazachoso. A father will end up marrying his daughter. Man, uh, man impregnates a woman, and uh, the woman uh, has a child. She doesn't know who the father was, and uh, the, the 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 girl develops, and the 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 man who actually fathered her end up marrying her. And likewise, ach no siasachoso, you end up uh, one man uh, impregnates uh, two different women, and uh, they uh, they have children, not knowing who the father is, and you in effect have a girl and a boy who have a common father can end up marrying each other. And regarding this, the Torah says, Umola ha'oretz zima. The world is filled with zima klomar. The word zima is zumahi. Meaning, uh, this, who is it? Shein adam yodea oisa isha shunose. A man doesn't realize the woman that he's marrying im muteraslo in love if she's allowed or not. And, uh, if uh, I may just editorialize for a moment, something I uh, try not to do in the in the context of Gemara um, markings, Daf Yomi Shiurim, but the the message that I take from this Gemara is that once you uh, allow uh, any breakdown in in the realm of uh, uh, say traditional morality, I say traditional. I hold up the, we'll call it the Torah standard of morality. Uh, many people claim, listen, what I do in my private life, of what concern is it to anyone else? And based on that, people will justify Mishkav Zohar, the, the uh, practice, practice of homosexuality, and people will justify bestiality, and the end result is, we'll call it a total breakdown in morality and people can claim like so what so what that that mankind ends up living like the beasts in central africa uh if that be the case let it be known number one the almighty will not stand for it societies and this is a a function not of religion or a function of belief but simply a function of knowledge of historical facts, societies that descended into this abyss vanished from the stage of history time and time again. It's almost a, it's a repeat scenario so that in, in all due respect, and there isn't really much respect due to those who, may, who, who make light of uh, all of these matters, make light of talks concerning morality, they should at least um, be aware of that historical phenomenon. That even with the, though they claim that this is a, 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 each one's private matter, each one's internal affairs, and it's no one else's business, well, we have news for you. The Almighty, who sits in heaven, who sees that which takes place in the privacy of each one's home, and all the more so when it becomes uh, publicly acceptable, he will not 
allow that society to continue. And um, if people think that this is old-fashioned, well, uh, predating the Torah, there was the generation of the great flood in the time of Noach. And that is exactly what was happening then. So if anything is old-fashioned, not that old-fashioned is necessarily something negative, but those who view old-fashioned as something negative, let me assure you that the ultimate old-fashioned is in fact societies like this where there's total promiscuity, total moral breakdown. And the eventuality of that, though may not be a flood inundating the entire globe, but erasure from the stage of history is certainly to be expected. The Gomorrah continues, after witnessing Rebbe yielding to Bar Kapora's, uh, we'll say, antics or tactics, Lo Yochil ben Elosha le Mizbal ben Elosha, Rebbe's son-in-law, couldn't, uh, couldn't tolerate it. Kom v'nofak, who v'intesei mitamon he, and his wife, that would be Rebbe's daughter, got up and stalked out of the wedding. The Gemara asks, asks here, my Ben Elosha. And Rashi says, from where do we know that Ben Elosha was a rich man? The Sanya, and here you'll get a, a sense of background to that. The Sanya, lo lechinom pizer Ben Elosha is It's not for naught that Ben Elosha spent a lot of money. Apparently, Ben Elosha... Uh, hired uh, some type of uh, expert uh, beautician, uh, hairdresser, who was capable of uh, replicating the hair style, the hairdo of the Kayin Godol. Dechtiv, the Pasuk, regarding the hairdo of the Kayin Godol, says, Ksoyim Yiksimu Esrosham. That's a posuk. Tona ke'ain lulianis. And a Tanaic source, it's the haircut was ke'ain lulianis. My lulianis. What do you mean by that? Omer of Yehuda, tisparta yechidza. A special haircut. That there's the likes of which you will not find elsewhere. Hechidami. We were getting very curious. So what, what did it look like? Omer Rova, shilzeh b'tzad ikoro shilzeh. Each hair, tip, was bent over to the root of the next hair. The rush, you can see on the uh, the wide line, first wide line of the rush under the Gemara, Kisemis is a grain, like a wheat grain, a barley grain. There's where the tip of a lower grain reaches the bottom of the next grain. Iri. This posuk is referring to the Kohen Gadol, and he goes on to prove how this posuk, this Ksoim from the word Kosemes, which is that grain, is a reference specifically to the Kohen Gadol. So we go back to the Gemara, and it concludes saying, "Vahainu tispurs shel Kohen Gadol." The Ksoim uh, Yiksimu Esrashem, this special haircut, was 
the haircut of the Kayan Godel. And in order to do that, there's, there are many thousands of hairs on a person's head and to cause each one individually to be bent over to the root of the next hair is something that would cost a tremendous amount of money and Ben Elosha had the means and he did so to show what the Kohen Golos hair haircut hairdo would have looked like. The Gemara points out uh, that, that elsewhere that a Kohen Golos had his hair uh, done or cared for once a week. And that was in order for each new service group of Kohenim where uh, that uh, we'll say chain, there was a changing of the guard every Shabbos, and the Kohen Gadol would be there to greet them, and he had to look his very best. The uh, Mishnah had said that one who is nodim in a tafshil is allowed to partake of Dlas Haramutsa. My Dlas Haramutsa, Omar Shmuel Kora Karkuzoi. Kora is a type of vegetation uh, from that area, Karkuzoi. Ravashi Omer Dlas Atmuna Beremetz. Ravashi says it's not a reference to a, uh, a vegetation from a particular place, but it, it's rather it's the method of preparation. It's a Dlas, a type of vegetation that's buried into remets, into coals or ash, and through that it be, it becomes cooked. Eisvei Ravino Ravashi. Ravino raises an objection to Ravashi's explanation. Rabbi Nechemya Oimer. Delas Aromis, he Delas Hamitzris, the Delas that's known as the Delas Aromis is the same as the Delas Hamitzris, Kilayim im Hayavonis, Kilayim im Horamutsa. If you were to grow these together with a Delas Aromis, together with a Delas Ramutsa, you'd be in violation of the laws of mixed breeding, of Kilayim. But what's important for us to see is the term. Uh, Ramutsa is not at all a description of the way something is cooked, but rather it's a reference to a specific type of Dalas plant that would conform to Shmuel's approach, Kora Kakuzoi, description of a Kora that grows in that place as opposed to a method of preparation. Tufta, this is a refutation of Rav Ashi's explanation. Uh, I would like to point out just parenthetically that Rav Ashi didn't, uh, he's not like uh, coming out of nowhere when he said Hatmuna Beremetz, because the, the term Remutza, you can see the word Remutza, has in it the words Remetz, which, the letters that is Remetz, which indicates coals. But nevertheless, on a, on a factual level or on a technical level, the Las Remutza is not a method of preparation, but rather it's a specific type of vegetation. And with that, we uh, end up refuting Ravashi's explanation. With that, we conclude our Shior for today.